Lord. It is good to be here today. Amen. Why don't you drink someone around you? Just say hey. start out today, uh, and I'll, I'll apologize to our media people, but I'm going to read a different scripture today. I, I'm going to preach the same message, but I'm going to read a different scripture. So uh, let me just apologize right off the bat there for messing up their, uh, their, their presentation. Um, Paul writes in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 19, a scripture that's very familiar to all of us. And it says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, you know, today, all of these things that uh, in worship and, and the, the messages that the Lord has uh, spoken to us, all of these things, it's been talking about the provision of God and how God's going to do all these things. But I, I begin to think about this scripture, how that my God, is going to supply all of my needs. And, and we think about that, and we think of, about God being that provision. But the phrase that really stood out to me from that, and, and I, I had to do a little research on it this morning, uh, is according to his riches and glory. What does that mean? What does it mean according to his riches and glory? When you, when you really do the research on that, it, it begins to talk about according to the richness of his reputation. How do you get a reputation? It's what people say about you. Our reputation is based on how we act and others see us and then what they comment about that. <laughs> Come on, think about that with God. Amen. How does God act for you? How, how does God respond in your life? How does God show up in the midst of your situations? Right. The scripture talks about God shall, God shall supply all of your needs. I, I love the image that Paul uses here because when he's talking about supplying needs, He's not just talking about, you know, a check in the mail or, or a better job or, or, or just, you know, little things like that. But he's actually talking about filling in voids in our life. He's talking about on the road that you're walking, when you come up on a, a hollow place in the road where you can't cross over it, he'll fill that void. to it than just saying, you know, I need an extra $20 this week, God. Sure. Right. Listen, I'm not trying to, to minimize financial blessings, 
There are times where financial blessings are, are, are staring us in the face. Financial needs are there. And I know that God is able to provide those. But there's some greater needs that God fills for us that we need to, we need to make the world aware of what God does. God began to kind of talk to me a little bit this morning as I studied this, as I, as I began to research this. God began to kind of deal with me a little bit about, Mark, what do the people around you know about the great provider that I am? How much do they know about what I can do for them? Listen, it's more than just, you know, giving us a good job and, and, and giving us clothes and giving us a house. God's talking, and Paul was writing to the Philippians. He was talking about, listen, God has provided salvation for you. Right. God reached down and pulled you out of a pit. And not only did he pull you out of the pit, but he filled that pit in so you wouldn't fall back into it again. Come on. We, we, need to, we need to think about what God has done for us. We, we need to get a hold of the fact that, listen, God is not just a little superficial uh, uh, genie in a lamp that will give us three wishes. But God knows what we need. And God is going to meet those needs. Oh, he's not going to just give us a little bit to kind of make us feel good and send us on our way. But he says, listen, you got deeper needs in your life. Right. We've got people in our church here, in the, in the churches around us, we've got people in our neighborhoods that they have deep-seated needs in their life. And, and God is more concerned about those needs than he is about just some little superficial, here, let me just give you this and make you feel good. We've got hurting people in this world. Amen. We've got people that have been uh, that, that have suffered mental and physical abuse. We've got people that that have been absolutely destroyed and decimated by the by the wages of sin. Their lives have been ruined. Their marriages are in shambles. Their homes are facing upheaval. It's not just a matter of, God, I need a dollar raise on my job. Listen, I serve a God that can meet every need. You know, we, we were singing about Jehovah Jireh this morning. And, and we've taken so much to just, you know, Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. It's more than just being a provider. If you really look that up, what Jireh means is that God's going to do it. God's going to take care of it. Yeah. It's not that God's just going to say, well, here's what you need. But he's going to say, oh, thank you, brother. He's going to say, listen, this is what you need, and I'm going to put it in place, and I'm going to orchestrate all the things that need to happen around it, and it's going to be taken care of because I'm going to do it. Y'all aren't getting it this morning. Y'all don't realize what God is, is, is trying to tell you. Listen, God's not going to just give you the resources mm -hmm. well. to take care of your problem. God's 
going to take care of your problem. God's not going to just give you an answer. He's going to be the answer. He's not going to just send a, a blessing your way. He is the blessing. language there is no there, there's no verb uh, that, that we can use on ourselves uh, for a, a present tense verb here, here in English if, if I'm hungry I can say I am hungry in Hebrew they can't say that because the only one that is present and, and has that right as a being person or a being uh, entity is God in their language, if you're hungry, you say, I hungry. If you're tired, I tired. Yeah. The am is reserved for him. Amen. That's why when he said, tell them that I am, that I am sent you. They knew that, oh, wait a minute. If, if we're saying I am, we're talking about God. Amen. We're not talking about man. We're talking about the one true living God that has shown up and has sent somebody to be my deliverer. Amen. Today I want to talk to us for just a few minutes about our miracle is in the making. Webster defines a miracle as an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. There's two key words there, manifesting and divine. Amen. Listen, we need the divine to be manifest in our life. Yeah. Listen, I'm not relying on human intervention. I'm not relying on what somebody else can do for me. I need divine intervention manifest in my life. You need divine intervention manifest in your life. If I could go to a doctor and he could give me a pill, I wouldn't need a miracle. But it's when the doctors can't give me a pill that'll cure the disease. Or the doctors can't do a surgery that'll fix it. It's those times where I need the great physician to show up and let divine intervention be manifest in my life. Amen. I need a miracle. It's when a counselor can't give me enough understanding and help me through a situation and work it all out that I need the divine to show up and do a miracle in my life. Mm. You know, when we hear accounts about miracles, it, it stirs up our faith. You know, at the beginning of the year, we, we uh, uh, went through and, and we talked about uh, um, all of the, the things that were going on in Azusa Street and the miracles and the great things that happened there. And it stirs our faith and it lifts us to, to understand that, listen, that's the same God that I serve today that yeah. did those back then and, and he hasn't changed. That's right. That's right. 
We're living on yesterday's reputation of God. And this world cannot rely on something that happened a hundred years ago. Two hundred years ago. A thousand years ago. They need a fresh move of God and they need a fresh representation of God so that they realize, you know what? It happens today. Amen. When you start talking about uh, miracles and those that, you know, there's two camps of people when you talk about miracles. Those that believe miracles have ceased, the, the, the cessationist, and there are those that believe that miracles happen right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm of that second camp. I know that miracles happen today. Miracles weren't just in the Word of God, but miracles happen today. I've experienced miracles in my life. Listen, if you're here today and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you've experienced a miracle. You have had the divine intervention of God move in and change you. The scripture talks about how that our minds are made new. We're renewed through the power of the Holy Ghost. Old things are, 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 are cast aside and put away and we're, we're made new again. Listen, man can't do that. Listen, some of you have been delivered from drugs and alcohol and tobacco and, and, and all kind of, you know, perversions and terrible sins. And God just took that desire out of you. He took that addiction out of you. I've heard of too many people that have, you know, walked to the altar. They've fallen on their knees, repented, been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost got up from there and never again did they pick up the bottle. Never again were they addicted to that nicotine or to those drugs. The addiction was broken. Man can't do that. God is the only one that can do that. I'll go a step further and I know that this is not politically correct but there are there are homosexual lifestyles that have been broken in an instant by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I, I know that I know that this world says, "Oh, well, that's just that's just a you know uh, that that's that's just something that is, and, and and you know that that's just the way they're made." No, it's not. That is the power of sin at work in them. Listen, we all have needs in our life today, and we have things that we can't do. We need miracles. This world needs miracles. There are things in our life that we need, but they're out of our reach. There's, there's things that you and I have prayed, prayed for. We've been, we've been praying for. We've been saying, God, I, I need you to move in this situation. I need you. And they, they seem out of reach. 
They, they seem like, you know, I, I, I keep sending that prayer up, but, but it's just not happening yet. Let me tell you today, you just hold on because your miracle is already in the making. We hope for these things. We pray for these things. We hold on to our faith in God as we continue to hope. Oh, but sometimes we've just got to hold on. We've got to stand there and stand firm and say, Satan, you're a liar and I'm not going to back down. God's made promises in his word and I'm holding on to those things. You're not going to shake me. You're not going to deter me. I'm going to believe in God. Because God's got a reputation. And his reputation is that he's faithful. God has a reputation that he doesn't change. That when he says that it'll be done, it'll be done. You can take it to the bank. You, it's a guarantee that God is going to do it. When God talks about being the healer, he is the healer. Oh, it's not that he was a healer at one time or occasionally he shows up and heals, but God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is the giver of peace and life and joy and strength. In Genesis, we read about a man by the name of Abraham. Uh-huh. We know about Abraham. We, we know his story. We know that account. But let me just talk to you for a few minutes today about Abraham. Abraham living in, in the land of his fathers. And God shows up and, and, and says, listen, I want you to leave. I want you to go seek a place that I'm going to show you. That I'm going to give to you. And, and through faith, right. Abraham says, yes, God. Right. And he starts on his journey. Right. Followed that. Hold, held on to what God promised him. Right. While, he's on, while he's on this journey, God begins talking to him, begins revealing his plan to, to Abraham. Tells him about how that he's going to bring a nation out of his seed. Abraham grabs hold of that and says, yes, God, I agree with you. I don't have any kids, but I agree with you. He had faith. Most Christians today, that would have been the point that they'd have gone and sat back down and said, Pastor, we need to talk. <laughs> Something doesn't add up here. Listen, it doesn't have to add up in our minds. God does what God says he does. It doesn't have to make sense to me for God to do it. Listen, creation doesn't make sense to me. How does an omnipresent God speak a word and worlds come into existence? That's good. I can't speak a word and anything come into existence. I can't make anything out of nothing. He made everything out of nothing. It doesn't make sense. 
And so we don't have to be able to wrap our tiny little minds around God to be able to experience the miraculous. We have to be able to have faith in an all-powerful, omnipresent, all-knowing, loving, caring God and say, Lord, I trust you. We see through the course of time that finally Abraham has a son named Isaac. All of a sudden, it all starts making sense. Everything starts falling into place. And Abraham, okay, now I see it, God. I, I can imagine that within Abraham and within his wife, Sarah, that they, they begin to... They begin to get excited and see the plan of God start unfolding in their life. Oh, and then all of a sudden, one day, God shows up. Says, hey, Abraham, I want you to go and, and make a sacrifice to me. Okay, God, I want you to go and sacrifice that son that I've given to you. That's the faith. I imagine that Abraham's heart just sunk. God, all that I've hoped for, all that I've held on to, all that I've longed for. You're asking me to sacrifice that to you. But Abraham starts on that journey. Days as he's traveling, imagine he's trying to figure it out in his mind. God, how? How? Why? Lord, this, this, this can't be your will. This can't be your plan, God. You gave me this. You put this here, and you promised that you're going to raise up a nation through this seed. God, if I sacrifice him, how is it going to be? Lord, how am I going to explain this to others? When I, when I come down off of that mountain, God, and I'm walking alone because I've, I've offered my son as a burnt, a burnt offering on that mountain. How, what am I going to say to my servants? What am I going to say when I walk back into that, into that camp? And my wife is there going, hey, where's my boy? Where's he at? Oh, I, I offered him to God. Listen, I've never faced anything quite like that. Oh, I've had some tests in my life. I'm sure you've had some tests in your life. Mm. Oh. But see, Abraham had proven God time and time 
and time again. And, and God's reputation had done something in Abraham where he said, listen, even if I've got to go through with this and I've got to sacrifice him, somehow I'm not walking down off of that mountain without my son. Because he told his servants, he said, y'all stay here. The boy and I are going to go worship and we'll come back. Now that is faith. I'm going to go offer this child as a burnt offering unto God, but somehow he's walking back with me. When we come back in a day or two, he's going to be by my side. I don't know how God's going to do it, but it's going to happen. Listen, let me let you know right now, there's some things in your life that you don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But if God has said it, you need to hang on to that. And you need to say, Satan, it's going to happen. You need to hold on to it. You need to hang on to that word of God and say, God is well able to accomplish whatever he says he's going to accomplish. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. What a test. Mm. And so we find Abraham and Isaac. They've gone up onto the mountain. They're there. They build the altar there's nothing left to do but for Abraham to begin to carry out what God has instructed him to do. And the Bible says that he bound that boy and he laid him on the altar and he pulls out his knife and, and he raises it up just about to make the sacrifice. And the angel of the Lord speaks and says, don't do it. This was a test. Amen. God, I wasn't prepared for this test. I needed a study guide for this test, God. If you'd have told me, I'd have taken better notes. But he proved his faithfulness to God. He proved his trust in God. And while the angel was speaking, the Bible says that there was a ram caught in the thicket behind him. Right. He's the, the, now, get this picture in your mind. He's facing this altar. Got his knife drawn. He's about to, 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 to ram this knife down into his child and kill him. And the angel speaks to him and says, Abraham, don't do it. Yes? And, and, and he hears something in the thicket behind him. Now, what do you have to do at that point? You have to leave what's on the altar there, and you've got to turn around, and you've got to look and see what is it 
that's back there. And back behind him is something that God had prepared quite a while before. That's right. That's right. That's right. Think about this. One day, there was a seed that fell to the ground. Oh, and the winds blew and, and kind of covered it up with some dirt. And the rains fell at some point and began to, to, to put moisture into that soil, causing that little seed to sprout. And that seed that sprouted began to grow up and began to multiply. And it formed a thicket on a mountain. And somewhere else, while this plant, this thicket is growing, there's this you that has a young lamb, a young ram. Not just any lamb, but a male. And that male grew. And, and, and when it was about a year old, somehow it happened to be climbing up that mountain. Yeah. Climbing up that mountain on that day and walked by that thicket and got caught in that thicket so that when Abraham was about to make that sacrifice. All of a sudden, he could turn around and see that what God had prepared was already in place. I don't believe that that, that that ram had been stuck in that thicket for months and months and months just waiting for Abraham to come by. I don't believe that that, that, that lamb and that, uh, and that thicket or that ram and that thicket just miraculously appeared at that moment. But God had set all of that in place before it was ever even needed. He said, I see what my servant's going to need. I know what it's going to take. I know what he's going to face and I know that he's faithful to me. And so I'm going to set in place right now what he needs a year from now. Can I tell you, you're not going to face anything in your life that's going to come as a surprise to God. That's right. Amen. You're not going to catch God off guard. When we talk about God being all-knowing, it's not that he's just a dictionary full of definitions. It's not that he's the Encyclopedia Britannica. He operates outside of time. And he sees the end from the beginning. He knows what your tomorrow holds. He's in your tomorrow right now. And what you have need of tomorrow, he's taken place way back over here in the months uh, preceding that and said, let me put this here because down the road, Brother Tariq's going to need this. Amen. 
Brother Tariq's going to need this on this particular day. And so let me set it up over here so it's in place. When, when, when time catches up to him, uh -huh. the, the provision is already there. Listen, when we begin to understand how God operates, yes. oh, it makes it a whole lot easier to have faith in God. Yes. You know, things catch us off guard. We, we hear people talking about, you know, I was just living life and all of a sudden I got, I got blindsided. Out of nowhere, I got a, a cancer diagnosis. You know, I, I was doing great. I wasn't feeling bad at all. And, and, and all of a sudden, I had a heart attack. I, I, was, I, I was just minding my own business. I'm driving down the road, and, and a car came out of nowhere and hit me. Everything was going great, and my company closed down. That, that all of a sudden there was a recession. There was a, a, some major earthquake and, and I wasn't prepared for it. Whatever the situation, God knows. God knows before it happens. And God sets it in place to prepare and to have ready for you whatever you need. Oh, let's just take a moment. Hang on. Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you know. God, you know and you haven't prepared already. Oh, every need. God, every need you'll supply. that scripture that talks about eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for us Amen. <laughs> we don't have any idea we can't fathom what God has already prepared for us what God has already laid aside for us why not just because of, of, of our request but he knows what our future holds. And he says, I want to make sure that when they get there, that there's already provision there for them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, to know that nothing in our life is going to catch God off guard. That's the truth. Oh. Oh. Oh, the love of God. Oh, Lord, your love. It's amazing, God. Lord, that you prepare for us, God. Lord, not just minor little little difficulties, God, but you fill in the voids, God. Lord, you fill in those obstacles, God, that we can't traverse. God, you make a way where there is no way. See, Abraham knew this. That's why when we talk about Jehovah Jireh, do you know that the only place in the Bible that the phrase Jehovah Jireh is used is here in Genesis chapter 22 with this account? That's where that phrase comes from. And and we always want to say that Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. It's a little bit more than that. Oh, it's a little bit deeper than God just being my provider. (laughs) Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh. And and, And the Bible explains what he meant by that. It says, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. All of a sudden, when Abraham is in this, the, the, probably the greatest test of his faith that he's ever seen, the, the hardest trial that he ever experienced, all of a sudden, his eyes were opened. And he saw what God had already prepared for him. I don't know about you, but I just want to do a little shout. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I haven't seen it yet. But God... You've already prepared everything for me. And when the time is right, these eyes will behold it. We will behold His glory. Brother Tariq. Listen, the, the, the scripture talked about His riches and glory. It's riches. It's all that He has. All of His provision. There's nothing that we need that God has not already set in store for you. Absolutely. Oh, 
children of Israel, the manna. He sent them the quail. He brought water out of rocks. He did all of these things. And he did those on such a, a magnificent scale. Estimate that, that there were somewhere around a million people that he provided for in that wilderness. Daily, he provided for them. Daily, he met every need that they had. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. The food never ceased. The water never dried up. The provision was there. Oh, when he brought them into the promised land, there were houses that they didn't build. There were crops that they didn't plant. There was wealth that they didn't work for. There were things that God gave to them. Oh, and if he did it once, he is a God that does not change. And he can do it again for you and for us. Woo! I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what sickness, I don't know what trial, what test you're in, but I... I feel just led of the Lord today to say, listen, you just hold on 
to God. He's already got it in place for your deliverance. He's already worked it out. The provision is already there. And God has got it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you have some need in your life, some situation you're facing, why don't you just find a place around this altar? Maybe it's some lost loved one that you've been praying for. Maybe there's a need in your life that nobody else knows about. But why don't you find a place and just begin to lift your hands and, and thank God that he's heard you and that he's already made a way for you. Oh, God, I thank you right now. God.